Oregon's one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon. Powered by the Portland Gear Store and Guardian Games, this is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. And without further ado, your hosts, Ben and David. We are terrible. Yes, we are. Do you have to pay copyright for that? Yeah, stuff? M- maybe. Well, we will now that you brought yeah, it up. Yeah, we will back. <laughs> but we're back with uh, another episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. I am your host, Ben. And I'm Dave. I'm Larry. And Colton. we're back with Mr. Larry Colton. Yep, in the studio. And he can't get rid of us. He yeah. can't get rid of us. He's yeah. wanting to kick us out of his home mm-hmm. right now. Are you guys paying for your studio usage here? Um, we'll give you part of our royalty fee, which yeah, is yeah. zero. Yeah. You can have about 95%. Yes. Okay. Uh, thanks. All right. So we left off uh, at the tail end of your college career, uh, transitioning now into uh, your professional career. And let's start off in 1964. You were signed by the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, but you weren't drafted, so they didn't have a draft back. They didn't have a draft back then. Started in '65, and you had mentioned in the previous uh, podcast, um, part one, which you catch now on uh, all different platforms, um, that you uh, had played some summer ball in between your college time and then when you eventually went on to sign. Um, can you can you briefly just kind of talk about where you played uh, at that time? I played and then... for a team called the Culver City Phillies. Uh, it was in L.A., um, uh, and it was made up of uh, college players. And uh, we had actually four or five guys off of that team uh, went on to play. Uh, uh, Mike Epstein, who played, he was, won a couple World Series with the Oakland A's. Uh, he was on the team. I he was, that name. He was a teammate of mine at Cal as well. And we had some SC guys and uh, a couple catchers who made the big leagues. And uh, so it was it was good. It was college uh, level ball mm-hmm. and, uh, and so I pitched for them and my arm was coming back so that's I signed in uh, late August I, I remember it I signed the day of the Gulf and the Gulf of Tonkin incident mm. wow. so, so I uh, it was the turning point in the war when I signed so what at what point did the uh, Philadelphia Phillies become interested in you that summer well I think they had been interested previously you know and were one of the teams that sort of fell back and we'll, well, let's take a wait and see mm-hmm. and so the guy the coach of the team the culver city team that i played on was what is known as the bird dog he sort mm-hmm. of looked for players to recommend to uh, uh and so the head west coast scout at the time for the phillies was a guy named paul owens who went on to be the manager and the general manager of the Phillies, and uh, but he signed me and came over, and you know it was, I think my dad's proudest moment, you know. That's cool. And uh, it just he, my dad was talking about the history of the hook slide and everything, and just wanted to know everything. And I had a girlfriend at the time, and we had agreed to go to Las Vegas after I signed, and this was huge. Huge getting a girl to go to Vegas mm-hmm. uh, for a two day trip to Vegas. I, I so I was way more jacked up about that than signing. <laughs> yeah, typical. and so my the, dad the early twenties male brain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, I would be a pro ball player. Yeah, but oh man, uh, so so 
my dad just kept going on and on because he's so excited. He was milking the moment and talking to Paul Owens, the scout, and just my mom would go get more coffee. And in the mean, in the middle of all this, Pam called and said, what's taking so long? And I was trying to speed the process up. Give me the paper, I'll sign. So anyway, I signed. We went to Vegas, and that was it. So you signed. Then, uh, now did you... He says, uh, I was looking at some things, and maybe this was, like, wrong, but uh, at the age of 23, did you go and, because the affiliate was the Eugene Emeralds for the Class A ball at the time? Well, I went to spring training. They assigned me to uh, play at Eugene. I went through spring training that Mm -hmm. in 65, and I went to, uh, uh, yeah, I got assigned to uh, Eugene, and... uh, what was that? What was that spring training experience yeah. like at that point? Well, that was I mentioned it earlier in the other podcast, which is available on an all fine podcast. <laughs> the uh, um, it was um, uh, I was I thought the quality would be better, you know, right. because I was used to these California uh, SC and so like Stanford all, and yeah. all of those players, and Clara. so. Uh, but the t- but then we came to play in the Pacific. Uh, Northwest League, but at the time, the biggest concern, or possibly for me and just about anybody else, was Vietnam. I had used up my uh, college deferment, and so I got my notice to report for my physical. And see if you're draft eligible. Oh, I was draft eligible, mm-hmm. and I I got my notice. I mean, yeah. to yeah. to go, and uh, uh, and at that time. Uh, College, I mean, um, married men were exempt. Hmm. So uh, I had a girlfriend, and she came up to. She was I met her at Berkeley, and she came up to uh, Eugene, and we talked about getting married, and uh, so we did. We got married. We had talked about getting married previously, but like in two years after I sort of got settled yeah, in baseball. Up, yeah. But but. Uh, with the draft looming, and if I got married, so I got married and got out of the draft that mm. way. And then they said, okay, married men are no longer exempt, but married men with children are. <laughs> so we, she got pregnant, and so I beat the draft again. <laughs> Getting married was probably the central point of that year because I won six straight games after oh, I got awesome. married. awesome. Good yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the record I see said you went 12 and 10. You had a 2.89 ERA. That's good ERA. With yeah. the Emeralds. Yeah. And I was a pinch hitter. I got up 109 times, and I hit 309. Wow. wow. That's probably not in your damn record book. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So. Well, I didn't go that far in yeah. <laughs> looking yeah. at it. Yeah. I, but, yeah. but I uh, that's a that's pretty amazing feat. And what was it like playing at the old stadium there in, in Eugene? Well, we played in a place called Bethel Park. It was before Civic Stadium was even there. Okay. This was out uh, uh, a little bit north of town, and it was an old minor league ballpark. But to me, it was great, you know, with billboards on the thing. And mm. uh, I, I loved playing in Eugene. I, I, I absolutely loved Eugene. And, uh, and I got, so I got married. I got married in Beverly Hills. I flew home to get married in Beverly Hills. Hmm. And then um, uh, came back up to. Did, did you go to any like baseball, any college baseball, any football games while you're there in Eugene? 
Mm, no, uh, I didn't. Uh, I did later on, but then of course uh, U of O dropped the, dropped baseball for yeah. twenty some odd years. Yeah. But um, no, I was just consumed, you know, playing, and uh, uh, so um, I would go on campus, you know, because I, I was only a year less than a year out of school, sure. and I was sort of you know a college guy. And so uh, I would strut across campus and stuff, you know. But um, yeah, it was it was a really terrific experience. Plus, I was a newlywed, so that was mm-hmm. that was uh, important. Good time yeah. in your life. Yeah. yeah, it was a great time. Yeah. So then the next step. So in so that was in nineteen sixty five, in nineteen sixty six, you ended up going and playing for the. The peaches in the Southern League. Yeah, the making right? peaches. Making peaches, where you went eleven and eight with a three point seven seven ERA. What was the quality of baseball better over there? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, if you so go up, kids. if you go from uh, yeah. the Eugene was in the North West League. The, mm-hmm. At that time, there was like five different A leagues, gotcha. and it was the highest A league. It was yeah. the best A league. Oh, okay. They, they, the A the A leagues were there's different strata, and so like Phillies had five. A league teams, oh, wow. mm-hmm. um, and but the, the Eugene was the top one. And then there was Bakersfield, Spartanburg, and on and on. But um, so I got assigned to the top one, and uh, so then so I went there. Then I got a big league contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's cool. Uh, that offseason, they moved me up to the big league roster. Yeah, in San Diego in 1967. Well, before I got it, before I went to. Uh, uh, Macon, and I ended up that second year in double A, so I went A ball, double A, mm-hmm. and then the third year, uh, I played in San Diego, yep. which was still in the Pacific Coast League. Oh. And you said you went 14 and 14 with a 3.09 ERA. So yeah, that's wrong. That is wrong. That's I had really. a 2.9 ERA. 2.9. I don't know why they put that in there. They're trying to screw me over. I don't yeah. know what happened. I was 14 and 11, and I lost. In the last three games I pitched, I gave up a total of four runs. Oh wow! In three games, mm-hmm. and I lost all three games. We didn't get any runs, oh. and I think I led the league in complete games that year. Was, um, they had like eighteen or something. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. It was a lot. Unheard of now. <laughs> Five is a no. Miracle now it's guess. more than the whole league put together. Sure. Now, sure. so how was the shoulder? I mean, you, you talked about in college, you had the shoulder injury. Now you're a couple years into my uh, house. It's back. I don't think I was throwing as hard as I did before the the injury uh, in playing intramural football. But I was throwing. I was okay. I was still throwing hard, mm-hmm. uh, and it didn't hurt. I had no problem. Yeah, and and we'll, even though that year, 1967, which was my third year, I pitched. This talk about unheard of today. I threw that whole year. I threw 400 innings. Wow! I pitched wow. 200 and something in the Coast League. That's insane. Yeah, I, I was like 225 innings in the Coast League. Then I went to the Instructional League in Florida, and I pitched 75 innings in the Instructional League. No Tommy John anywhere. No, I was fine. Yeah. And then I went to Puerto Rico, and I played in in Puerto Rico, and I pitched almost 100 innings there. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, by the time, but it caught up to me. By the time I reported spring training in '68, <laughs> my arm was dead. Yeah, you, yeah. You, I was reading about the time you were in Puerto Rico for the winter league, and you know, I got to say, I was uh, last 
fall, I was in Puerto Rico for uh, some of the hurricane relief operations. Oh, nice. And then I went back again in early, mm. you know, in really? January. Yeah. So I was there probably about three months. And it said that you faced uh, Roberto Clemente in Orlando. Cepeda. Cepeda down there. And I know, I mean. Johnny Van. Clearly, you know, Roberto Clemente is huge. Oh, in, he, was, in he was a god. Rico. He was a god there. And so I had, when I, the first time I faced him, uh, and I've told this story before, but the the pitching scouting report on, on thing, and Mock had, I'd, he'd worked with me in uh, instructional league before I went down there, and he had said, when you pitch against Roberto Clemente, pitch him inside, but not like just inside. You pitch him a foot inside. Yeah. Because he stands Not way in the way. back of the box, and it looks like if you threw him outside, he couldn't hit the ball. It's so far away, mm-hmm. you know. But that, but he steps into the ball, and you pitch him outside, he'll kill you. And he hits most of his home runs to right center. Yeah. And so I was under instructions, and I had a good catcher. The foot inside. So my first pitch to come in, he was up foot inside, mm-hmm. and it knocked him down. Rushed him back. And he gets up and he stares at me. And then, so second pitch is also a foot inside. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And it knocked him down again. And so he gets up, and he just starts slowly walking out towards me. And because he's thinking, who's this guy? I never heard of this guy. And and this is it in uh, San Juan yep. at his home. Is there he 17, owns the island. Yeah, yeah he owns the island. There's 17,000 people there, and they're mm-hmm. screaming, and they're, you know, I'm public enemy number one. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's going to kill me. And uh, uh, he's literally walking towards me. He's not running. He's just walking. But our catcher, a guy by the name of Pat Corrales, who played in the big leagues for many years and uh, was a coach for many years, he could speak fluent Spanish, and plus he was a badass dude. And he hopped around in front of him, and he stopped him. Because I was halfway to the Virgin Islands at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's not that, that far away. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have gone. Well. Yeah, and because I was not about to take on. And so the next pitch, I just thought, well, screw it. I'm going to pitch him outside. I don't care what Gene Mock said. So I threw him one on the outside corner. He hit a ball so hard. We had a there was a shift on, it and our second baseman was playing, you know, like right field practically, and he caught it. I swear if he hadn't caught it, it would have gone over the fence. It was on a line. Huh? It was on a line. He's probably it, pissed at that point. Oh, he was, yeah. He's he ready to gonna, drill it. Yeah, he was going to. So I faced him maybe 20 times down there and probably, I can't remember exactly. I'm sure he got more than one hit off me. And was that the only, was that year the only year that you played winter ball in Puerto Rico? Or did you yeah, go I didn't here? play after that. That's a long flight from way out here. Well, I'd, I I flew from uh, actually out of Miami because we played the the instructional uh, winter instructional league with the Phillies was in Florida, mm-hmm. so I left from Florida. Okay, so that's not that so. Far but then I, when I flew home, I flew all the way to LA. That, that was the year of four hundred plus innings. Huh? Yeah, yeah, Oof. yeah. Because counting spring training, yeah. the regular se- season, because I pitched quite a bit in spring training too. So yeah, it was. It was unheard. Were of. you like ready at that point just to kind of? Hey, I gotta take a rest. Or I did. Well, in Puerto Rico, I finally had to pull. I, I my arm started really hurting. Yeah. I mean, just not anything structural. It was just worn out. Mm-hmm. And then they sent me when I went to L.A. I went to see a guy, the doctor, 
a guy named uh, Robert Curlin, who was legendary because he treated Colfax and Drysdale and mm. all those guys, and was a doctor for the Lakers and uh, the orthopedic guy. And so I went and saw him. And uh, but by the time spring training came around, but you know I got back in January sometime, mm. so I had like a month <clears throat> to recuperate, and I was I was okay when I came to spring training. I wasn't throwing. I don't think quite as good. But, uh, and then I led the Phillies that in spring training, I led them in innings pits. I, I started the first game. I pitched a lot in spring training mm-hmm. and did well every game but one in St. Louis. And they shortstop, our shortstop, Don Money, who I shared a bubblegum card, rookie card with. He made an error, and then they scored like seven runs. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, he, he he screwed me. Boy, I've never forgot him. I, I, when I get the uh, baseball card in the mail, people send them to me. I block off his face. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so you you come back, you go back to San Diego, um, and you're playing in the PCL again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that point, uh, before you get called up, uh, was were you were you at five and seven at that point? No, 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 no. Uh, I was. I pitched opening game. It was the first mm-hmm. game ever at at that time. It was called. Uh, they had moved into the stadium because the, the big league Padres were coming the next year. It was standing. It was so it was a big fifty thousand seat stadium, and I pitched opening day there. And but prior to when they they left, I, they got to the last day of the cuts in spring training and Mock calls me in. Usually the, he sends his, some minion to tell you your cut. <laughs> but he called me in and he said, we're going to send you down to San Diego, the Coast League. We want you to pitch one or two games because we got some days off the first part of the season here, first couple of weeks, and we want you to pitch down there and then we'll call you back up. Mm-hmm. Well, the minor leagues are filled with guys that they say – we're going to send you they out. They tell them the same thing. Yeah, yeah. you know, the thing was, you're only a phone call away. Well, I said, okay. But my wife was in Florida for spring training, mm-hmm. and I said, so am I supposed to bring her back out to San Diego? He says, no, send your wife to, to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So that was, the you know, and so true to their word, I pitched two games and did really well. I think I gave up like two runs in yeah. two games. Mm-hmm. And then I got called up. Uh, to the big leagues. Yeah, so let's let's jump into that. So it's <laughs> Monday, May 6, nineteen sixty eight. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's your first. You know, it was a Monday. It's a Monday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Monday. That's what I it was, was it about twenty seven. Yeah. maybe at that point. No, yeah. it was twenty six. It was uh, so it was Crossley Crossley Field, Crossley Field in front of four thousand people. Um, you know. I think it, you know, in some in other interviews, I saw you were making about eight thousand dollars that year. Yeah, so I was making eight thousand dollars. Younger guy coming in, mm-hmm. um, but I thought that was big money. Yeah, you were coming. In, it says you came in in the bottom of the sixth inning, mm-hmm. or at the top of the sixth. Whatever. Yeah, we were behind like seven you were behind. to one or something like that. And um, now so, at that point, I'd been see that was uh, May what day? May sixth. Yeah, I got called up like April. 15th or something so you've like been that. on the i've been roster. there for a while and you know i got a couple yeah. scares that's uh-huh. what we call them where you get them warm up in the bullpen but you gotcha. don't see i've been a starter i never pitched relief oh, okay. mm-hmm. all the way through not not one inning of relief and uh so a couple scares and then uh maybe i pitched that exhibition game against baltimore i'm not sure but 
So it was against Cincinnati, and they called me into the game. Yeah, so you had mentioned, uh, I think it was, uh, you know, in one of your interviews that I was watching online, uh, you had talked about how you never forgot that moment, and you, you, you went out to the mound. And was there walk-up music at that point? No, no. Because no, I was yeah. imagining you. Did you have the beard? Did you have the no, beard? No, no, you couldn't have any facial hair. You couldn't have sideburns. You couldn't have anything. There was no long hair. And we had to wear coat and tie off the field, and it was, no, it was military. Yeah, it, it was. There was no hell's bells coming out. Like, no, there was no mustaches. There yeah. was no anything. Yeah. And uh, you, uh, so you talk about, um, you know, you you get you go up to the mound and you you said that you'd kind of rush through the warm up. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And uh, and then the first batter, you're facing the one, two, three hitters in the lineup, and you, you know you're you're facing Pete Rose, Pete the Rose, first guy, one. first yeah. guy you faced, first, first guy you faced. Wow. And Pete so. Rose. In 1968, uh, just throwing out some statistics, so career-wise, Pete hit what 303, but in 1968, at that point, he was at well, I think 335 for his batting average. So he's coming up. I think he's coming off the AL rookie or the uh, NL rookie of the year that the previous couple year, years or the previous year. Yeah, he'd so been there a while. So you're you're coming up facing Pete Rose. He's got a 20 game hitting streak on the line, and mm-hmm. and I think that you also said that he had got he he hadn't hit in the game at, so by that point, that point a, or something. something like that. Yeah, and even though they were at score like 10 runs or something i mean the game was out of you know I, mm-hmm. I was, he was the one over the line i was yeah. a mop up it was not a crucial you know uh, and so uh what was going through your mind at that moment well i remember as i warm up in the bullpen as i head out to the field um <laughs> there they, one of the starters for the phillies was another guy by the name of larry jackson who was he had won he probably won 200 games in his career and he says to me as i as i leave the, the bullpen to go in there he said you better think of something quick, Rook. <laughs> yeah. and Great so, coaching. Great. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and if there was 4,000 uh, 4, people yeah. to start with, there's probably only 3,000 left at this point. Yeah. And ironically, skipping way ahead, later on, many years later, I, was, I met um, Bobby Knight. It was oh, when wow. I was researching my book, Counting Coup, and he mm-hmm. came to the reservation. And he had been put up to this by my friend Tim Boyle. He says, you know, I know you only pitched in one game in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. I was there for that game. I remember you. You know, and I'm thinking, <laughs> Bobby Knight? So he just <laughs> and he was just jerking my chain. Yeah. He just, he Did he throw, throw a chair or anything? He didn't it. throw a chair. <laughs> but So, yeah, I pitched, started with um, uh, Pete Rose. Yep. And I got behind him 2-0. So I think, well, okay, I'll throw on my little Pacific Coast League fastball here and see what happens. And he hit it off the center field wall for a double. <laughs> yeah, so I kept his batting streak alive. Yeah. Yeah. And now I was one pitcher into the, my big league career, one hitter in, and I was not... Yeah, I got a double off you. He got a double off me. Yeah. So then Alex Johnson comes up. Alex Johnson had won the batting title, I think, the year before. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's he bat- was unbelievable. He was batting what? Three twelve at the yeah, point. Yeah, he was. He was. A, he was. A, he was. A, oh, he was a good hitter. Yeah, and so you're you're facing him. You get him to ground out, yeah. uh, and then I think Pete Rose goes to third at that yeah, point. Right. So you know, okay, so you got one out. Ooh, you, you're yeah. excited. Yeah. in the big leagues. You yeah, know, you're in the big leagues. You're in the big leagues. Yeah, you got, you, yeah. Pete Rose just 
whacked one off you. Yeah, and he's dancing up and down on third base. Is he yeah. saying? Is he saying anything? No, to he didn't say point? anything to me. He's, he's probably just saying, quiet. I hope I get to hit against you again <laughs> a lot in your career. <laughs> and then, um, I, and I'm going to mispronounce this, but I'm going to do my best. Vada. Veda Pinson. Veda Pinson. Veda Pinson was like a seven-time all-star. He was mm-hmm. a great, great wow. uh, center Early fielder. Big red machine. Players. Oh, he yeah. was he was he was amazing. So he comes up, he's batting 271 at this point, and you strike the guy out. Yeah. How slider. did that make you feel? Hey, what'd you strike him out with? I, I, it was a slider. He's left-handed hitter. I'm right-handed pitcher, and I I threw him a slider, and I can't remember if he sw- I think he swung a miss. The irony of that was uh two years earlier. You know, in the off season as a pro ball player, you didn't make any money, and so I would always have to have a off season job. Sure. And yeah. so I had this one job working at this car dealership, and he comes in there and he brings his, you know, his big. Uh, it was a Ford dealership, and I think he had a big Thunderbird. I don't know some fancy car, and he needed a ride home. Mm-hmm. So he lived. This is in the Bay Area, so he lived in Lafayette. So I give him a ride home. And he's he's a superstar at this point, and he's a legend, especially in the Bay Area and in Cleveland. I mean, uh, Cincinnati, and and I was I, at that point I played uh, a ball. I think I was only an a ball. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm gonna pitch against you someday. And so um, I did. I pitched against him. I struck his ass out. <laughs> you must have had a smirk on your well, face. Well, I don't. Th- I no. I did not have a smirk on my face. <laughs> I was just. Too nervous, and uh, you know, and he's superstar, and I'm just trying. But I wanted to go. Hey, remember me? I gave you a ride that time. <laughs> did you remember at that point, like after you struck him out? Did you remember that you said you wanted to strike him out one day? Yeah, that? yeah, I, I, that entered my mind. That nice. I, and he looked at me and thought, "Yeah, nice." And then so got okay, so you got the zero ERA, and you got two outs now. You got Rose on third, and you you strike out. Uh, trick him out, and then Tony Perez comes oh, up. Oh, Tony's coming up 282 yeah. at the moment. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Yeah. And I pitched against him in well, Puerto Rico. So, I, I mean, I know what happens, but can you War tell? No, I don't listener, remember. I know I got him out. You, you, so he gets a ground out. Okay. So he grounds out to, to end the inning. All right. So, I mean, you must be feeling great at this point. Uh, I remember walking off the mound and saying, I touched a bullet there. Pete Rose leads off with a double. And they don't get yeah. it. Yeah, it, he's going to run the bases. I mean, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, because I was even thinking he's going to try to steal home on me, yeah. and so, uh, and I got uh, Alex Johnson, the National League uh, batting title winner, Veda Penson, seven-time All Star, and future uh, Hall of Famer, Tony and Perez. future uh, Hall of Famer Tony Perez, and I got them out. That's and awesome. So, <laughs> so this is a hell of a batting lineup you're going up against. Yeah, first, yeah, and so I said, that. yeah, okay. So, and I come up mock. The manager said not one word to me, nothing. He never said anything to mm-hmm. me ever, and uh, except you know years later when he met me and said, "Oh, you could hit." But the um, uh, so then I went back out for the second inning. So yep. take it from there. So you're bottom of the seventh. Now you're facing the five, six, seven, five, six, seven hitters. Um, so you're, you're you go up against Lee May, yeah, who's batting three thirty three that year, <laughs> and it, you know he doubles just it. like just like Pete Rose, he doubles the center I field, I, and I threw him, I threw him, he hit a changeup. It was I had a bad changeup. It was a change curve, and I, I knew that Mock didn't like that change curve because I'd heard it through the pitching coach, mm-hmm. but I threw it and he drilled it off the left field wall. 
And I had I pitched against him in Puerto Rico too, and I'd had good luck against him, but on that particular day I didn't. Okay, so and then another great player that you come up and face next is Johnny Bench, who's coming in at two seventy five. That was his uh, rookie year. Too. His rookie oh, okay. year, yeah. yeah. His rookie year. And I, I you know, and, he, and I pitched against him quite a few times in Puerto Rico. So. Yep. And so he. You pitch to him, he grounds out, and May goes to third. Yeah. So you got one out, runner on third. Tommy Helms steps up to the plate, yeah. batting 288. Now Tommy singles to left field. No. No. It was the he, didn't, he, he did not send. He, I jammed his ass, and he hit an excuse me thing. It just blooped over the first oh. baseman's head. It was, I mean, I wanted to battle, but, but yeah. he, he, got a hit out of it and I got you like know broke and, bat, yeah. and he broke his bat and my shutout is in yeah and so now he's on first and, and you got Leo, one run again oh, yeah, yeah got one in and and so yeah and then Leo Cardens Cardens comes up next he he grounds out to he grounds out so now you have two uh, two outs now um and then your last batter that you face that in is George Culver the uh, the pitcher pitcher and so you get him, you strike him out. Yeah. So so all in all, you get what? One, Where did you find this stuff? How do you know? I don't. Yeah. You know, I've never seen a box score or anything of it. I you know. I you know I you, you okay. So so for the listeners, I call I call Larry up, and I he's like, you better do your research on me. So I was like, I don't trust me. I'm going to do my research. Yeah. yeah. I was like, trust me. I'm going to do your my research on yeah. you. That's pretty funny. So I, it's uh, some baseball statistics. I was but they actually it. have what each batter does of every game that's ever yeah. been played. Baseball is obsessive. Like oh, that. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they yeah. Ha- they have they have the. I was able to find this particular. I did. I had to go through the whole schedule for the Phillies that year to find out where <laughs> you pitched, and it was. And it just. Uh, I didn't have to go yeah. through every single game. Yeah. So, so, but so there you are. I'm out of the game now, and then they pinch hit for me, and they pinch Gary my, Sutherland. Gary Sutherland, yeah. who I played golf with last week. Oh, really? <laughs> he oh, no he is, lives in L.A. He went on to play like 10, 15 years in the big leagues. Wow. And we, he was my closest friend on the Phillies when I'm there. He was yeah. at SC when I was at Cal. He hit a wow. homer off me no at, 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 when I pitched against him at Cal. But we became good buddies uh, in the pros. And so he was he was my roommate and he he pinch hit for me, which I just reminded him of that he didn't remember that because he went on to play for years and years, but I told him, You pinch hit for me and you you didn't get a hit. I could have done that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and so uh, he turned out to he you know, he's visited me here last month. He's he lives in LA and he's a, a terrific guy. And so he pinch hit and so were you were you looking to to want? I mean, you you had to have wanted to get up to bat, or were yeah. you just not caring at that? point? Well, I was, you know, focused on the pitching at that point. I mean, in retrospect, yeah, I would like to have gone up because I could have hit that Culver guy, and he was throwing, you know, he's a right-hander, he didn't throw that hard, and I could have hit him. You but batted lefty. I batted lefty, yeah. but I didn't get that. But I, at the time. There was no way that they were going to let me. They might have let me stay in because okay, I gave up one run. That's yeah, not, that's not disastrous. Yeah, because they they ended up scoring like ten runs that day. Or I don't yeah, know. I think. But I was just some future statistics. I think Rose ended up batting like four oh four the game. He said he had went on to have four hits, one home run. Johnson had three hits. 
May had two, Johnny Bench had three three hits is some of the statistics that it came up with. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that, okay, that game I pitched against so many legendary yeah. guys. All-famers, yeah. all-stars. Yeah. yeah. But it, it really wasn't, oh, I'm pitching against Johnny Bench, or I'm, well, he was a rookie, so mm-hmm. he, he caught, care, yeah. got it. I mean, you know, Pete Rose was already a star, as was all those guys were. I mean, Johnny Bench was probably the least of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you knew he, he he was so ballyhooed prior to making it to the big leagues. Everybody knew who Johnny Bench was. I mean, he was his picture was on the cover of Sports Illustrated yeah. before he ever played the oh, big league game. Yeah. So I know I know that you explained this you know a bunch in in some of your your interviews. Um, you have this start. It it turns out to be your your one and only start. Or your game, start. One, came, your, yeah. your only relief. one relief appearance, yeah. appearance yeah. in the game in a major league game, yeah, you know, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what happens kind of after, after. Well, I, I pitched and thought, well, okay, that was respectable. I struck out a couple guys. I didn't embarrass mm-hmm. anybody there. And so, uh, so I thought that I was going to, you know, I'd get the call again. And, but mock was in the manager was in his job was in deep jeopardy. And he had blown, it goes back to 64 when they had a six-game lead with 10 days to go, and they blew the lead, and the Philly press and the Boobirds were... Oh, uh, I remember hearing about that. It was was an epic swoon at the end of the year. And so he, and plus he was warring with our star player, Richie Allen. Mm. They did not get along at Mm. all. And uh, Richie had issued an ultimatum, either he goes or trade me. And so Mock was... He was notorious for not liking rookies. He never took chances with rookies. Uh-huh. And he, so I was a rookie, and his job was on the line. And so he just uh, didn't want to, you know, and we were still had a chance. And, you know, we were yeah. like four games out of first or something. I don't know exactly what it was. but uh, So he just didn't. So I sat there uh, from, so if that was May 5th, there was an article written in the Philadelphia paper about me sitting there and going to be a big star someday. But meanwhile, I'm waiting my turn. And then we came out to play the Giants and the Dodgers. So this was my triumphant return to my home yeah. state. Mm-hmm. You know, go to the Giants where I you know, went to school at Berkeley. So all my college guys were there and then we're going to go down and play the Dodgers. High school buddies. Yeah. You know, and my family, my parents and, you know. And uh, so my wife was from L.A. And so, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. So, so you end, you go, you, uh, I think you end up, was it the year that you end up hurting your shoulder? Yeah. And then kind of a, you're out with a, a friend and your friend gets into some mischief or whatever. It turns out. No, you, it wasn't. It was a fight. fight. Oh, yeah. It was not a pretty story. We, it was, uh, June 4th, 1968. It was the day Bobby Kennedy got shot. And we were in a bar and it was like midnight and on the television, it wasn't a sports bar. They didn't have sports bars back there, but they had a television on and they interrupted the programming to come on and say, Bobby Kennedy's just been shot. And, you know, this is Jeff. John Kennedy's, yeah. John Kennedy had been shot in 63 Mm -hmm. And Martin Luther King had been shot of April of that year. Yeah. And so the country was in turmoil. Yeah. Big, it was, it was, we'd, 
well, this Trump thing is close to it, but it, the, the country was coming apart. There was riots in the cities and, and uh, uh, the civil rights stuff was going crazy in Vietnam and, and Nixon and, and everything else. And so I remember just seeing, I, I was a big Kennedy supporter and it was the California primary had been that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went to the bathroom and came back out and I was with this my uh, friend from high school who lived in the Bay Area. And when I came back, he was sort of arguing with these guys. I didn't, I didn't know who they were. I'd never seen him. And I just, it was past curfew. I was drunk. And uh, uh, I said, let's go. And so we walked outside <laughs> under the, it was on California Street in San mm-hmm. Francisco. And we're standing on the corner and he went off to get his car. And I was standing there and these guys come out and they surround me. And then he sees him, he comes back. And mm-hmm. one of them goes to get him uh, after him. And uh, the guy standing behind me, he hit me from behind. You know, I never saw it was a sucker punch. And I yeah. hit me in the side of the head and it knocked me down. <coughs> it didn't knock me out. I went down and I landed. You know, I put my arm out to land. It was my left oh. arm and it just. And it, oh, it, man. And, but I didn't really, at the time, I was, my head was hurting. Not, mm. I wasn't worried about my shoulder at that point. Um, and then in five seconds, my friend just completely destroyed the guy that went after him. And he came up and he had blood all over him. And they took off running. And I remember when they first came out and they were coming up, hey, you mother, and they were going. And I, because I just watched the Bobby Kennedy thing. And I said to them, I said, I was, I've never been in a fight. I'm not a fighter at all. And uh, I said, has the world gone nuts? Because the whole Vietnam, I was very, my wife was very political and very uh, uh, radical. And, and uh, so I was swept up in the anti-war movement and stuff, mm-hmm. and which not really didn't play well in baseball. And yeah. so, so um, yeah. I was the only guy in the parking lot that had a peace sticker on his car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was my contribution to the war, anti-war effort. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um and then next thing I know, <coughs> I was uh, in the hospital with a separated shoulder. Wow. wow. And that was the end of my big league career. That was the end of it. Well, I think we can we could stop it, you know, it for there, and we'll uh, we'll pick up in the next episode of your your rehab, and then moving on into your your, your later professional time pursuits with your uh, end of your minor league career, and then into your professional your your next career after that. So my um, real career, your real career. So uh, uh, you know, I appreciate you uh, once again being on the show. Thank you so much. Um, you know, it's been my pleasure. And uh, I'm Ben. I'm Dave. I'm Larry. And uh, you have a great evening, day, wherever you uh, listen to this. And uh, you peace. Have a great day. Peace out. Yeah.